Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Welcome to the chat. So glad to have you along, and I'm very happy to have as my guest again this week, Pastor of Faith Fellowship Church here in Cookville, Sterile Paramore. Pastor, good afternoon, sir, and we're glad to have you with us. Howdy. Good to be here. Good to have you back. We had a chat last week uh, about things that are happening at Faith Fellowship Church, and uh, you're going to be having on the 26th another very special event that you want to invite the community to. Talk about what that is and how they can enjoy it. Yes, we are. On February the 26th, which is a Saturday, we're going to have an open house at our church uh, between the hours of 2 and 5 in the afternoon. And uh, we're located again at 551 Maxwell Street, uh, and that's the corner of Maxwell and Carr uh, in the same community as Vandevortia Electric, if uh, a lot of folks in the area know where that is. And uh, we're so excited we're going to be opening our house, or our church, uh, to the um uh, community and uh, encourage people from all over the area just to come and and take a walk through and see what uh, God has done and uh, take a take a uh, meet a few of our folks and get a little acquainted with our ministry. That's February twenty sixth, and the community's yeah. invited to come. And we talked we talked about last week, Pastor the. Uh, uh, the, the the challenge it has been to get here. I mean, you uh, you made the decision. Uh, of course, you've been in another facility for a while. You've yes, been, you've been the church have been meeting for a while. How, how many couple of years? Yeah, uh, well, actually, we've uh, we went through uh, probably three different facilities until we landed at eight eighty West Jackson. Okay, and uh, which is. Um, it's a little shopping mall. It's got eight doors, and we had three of them. And it was it's located right beside a a, a Dollar General. Yeah, and uh, that's the handiest thing that there could have been. I, I, I thought the other day I should location, huh? I should tell uh, should tell our church that we should break off part of our lower end of our property and try to sell it to the dollar store because, boy, it's, that was handy. If you needed anything, you could go over there, there and get is. it right away. But but we were there for, for several years, and actually where we're located right now is is less than a mile from from that facility. It's just actually just across Jackson Street. Yeah. And uh, and so and it, and it took and then the the project the building actually as we talked about last week actually started a couple of years ago and then uh, we had a sale tornado and we had COVID and you had some issues with the property but your people persisted and here you are with an open house coming the twenty sixth they they hung in there and uh, <clears throat> were were great just great in giving and uh, giving of themselves but also of course. Uh, financially uh, above and beyond anything that that I thought and as time went by uh, we also had some great friends from other parts uh, of the state and some from out of state that contributed to our ministry and and I told our folks and it's it's uh, been true I said we're going to we're going to get the money that we need by prayer yes I don't uh, I tell our folks what the needs are but as far as uh, other donations and whatnot, I don't I don't ding dong them for money. I don't send them letters asking them to stand with us. Yeah. I just say thank you very much and God bless you and and we tell the story and and God has opened up a, a lot of doors for us. You know that's one thing I know I know uh, Cheryl that you you learned over forty years of ministry and and as I get to this phase of my life I'm realizing it more and more life is really just a the life the abundant life that Christ died for us to have is really about trusting Him isn't it. It's yeah. about trusting God because he's got your best interest at heart. I, I agree 100%. And uh, this is a, um, is a ministry of faith, and, and we've trusted God. We um, never were under a mission board of any type. 
we uh, we went out on our own with uh, very little other than other than uh, great hopes and uh, uh, expectations or confident expectation and a uh, tight bond between us. And um, we never were supported by anyone else. And we support ourselves from day one. And uh, some of that was uh, on on meager fare at the beginning, <laughs> but it was but it was enough, and it was the way God provided for us. You know, you used a term there that we use in our culture, hope. Sometimes, sometimes when we say the word hope, well, I hope so. It's kind of anemic. It's kind of weak. It's mm-hmm. kind of watered down. But that's not Bible hope. The Bible hope is a phrase you just use: confident expectation of good. Mm-hmm. That's the force of Bible hope, and that's what kept you going. That in faith for uh, for these couple of years until you're seeing what's happening now with with faith fellowship in your new building yes we we believed it and um it was not hard to believe but that doesn't mean that it was always easy to believe because uh there were some times when uh we did not know what door would would open for us when we began to to build we were not able to find a um, anyone who would give us an estimate that was anywhere close to what we thought we would be able to afford, and at you that mean for, for the building, you mean? Yeah, yes, sir. And so we were kind of discouraged a little bit. I I'm not one that believes in discouraging words. I never said a discouraging word to anybody. I tried yeah. to always, but I got to admit there were a few times that I didn't really know what to do, and and we were able to. Uh, secure a contractor that's uh, actually out of state. He's from Kentucky. He does work all over. That gave us a uh, more attainable uh, financial proposal. And so um, that's how we, uh, without him, I don't think we would have been able to uh, even uh, g- get to this point. But uh, we, we were able um, uh, to embrace uh, the project as he uh, planned to do it and was able to save us enough money to where we could eventually get to the point that we're at now. And he showed up. Yes, he did. I mean, he showed he showed up probably just when you needed him to show up. Oh yeah, with, oh, yeah. with, with a price that that, <laughs> that that was attainable, as you say. But isn't that just like God? I mean, you know, if if it's something that God puts in your heart and it's His way and His path and His direction. Uh, He'll 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 get it done. He'll yep. get it done. And here's uh, a guy can even use people from Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like in the fullness of time, in the yeah. nick, in the nick of time. Yeah, God God knows um, God knows where we're at. Yeah, we don't because we we think and with some justification that it's wise to plan ahead, which it is. But sometimes yes. God doesn't always work in that way and let you know it's going to be all right. He's just saying, trust me, yeah. and he'll open the doors when we come to them. Absolutely. And, you know, I found that, uh, Pastor, that, you know, as I look back, whatever the hardest moment in my life was, and I'm sure you can identify with a uh, most difficult time, if it was a day, a month, a year, whatever, uh, I look back on it, and here we are. We're sitting in this radio studio. Our stomachs mm-hmm. are full. Our needs are met. And the same God that, that got us through whatever that was will get us through the rest of our lives and get us through eternity. That's a pretty good God, isn't it? Amen. Sterile Paramore is our guest today. We're so happy to have him with us, pastor of Faith Fellowship here in town. We're back with more in just a moment. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today, still Sterile Paramore, pastor of Faith Fellowship Church here in town. Pastor, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for taking time to be here. I know you've got a lot going on in your life. Uh, and, and I want to explore that a little bit. In addition, you mentioned uh, – 
uh, uh, being bivocational. Uh, and But you do some other work, which I would call ministry also, in terms of counseling. Talk about the other part of your life and, and what you do and who you help. When we began our church, um, I cut my salary in half. And uh, because of that, I knew I was going to have to start doing something else and adopt a bivocational plan. And um, I had never envisioned that for myself, and yet I was I was at a I was at a completely new point in life and ministry, and so I began to work in the recovery field and uh, taught uh, classes that had to do with uh, uh, probationers and uh, groups for the. Uh, uh, probationary services, and uh, for a while I worked with um, uh, Cheer, or, or excuse me, worked with Spectrum Health Systems, and we taught classes through, um, uh, well, actually out of the uh, uh, probation office here in Cookville. I did that for a number of years. Worked for Progressive Sentencing uh, Incorporated uh, initially, and taught uh, offenders and uh, various uh, types, and did DUI schools as well. This is somebody who had been charged with DUI, and it was an edu- part of that educational process. Right, being the DUI schools, okay. and or in a class that I taught that had to do with either recovery skills or life skills of some type, or parenting, family classes, uh, anger management. I worked for a while with the outfit uh, Health Connect America and did in-home counseling, and, um, and then it, for about the last year and a half, I've been working with Cheer uh, Mental Health Facility, which is in McMinnville, which is the Volunteer Behavioral Health uh, Group. That's one of the largest mental health concerns here in Tennessee. And it's the same outfit as that runs Plateau Mental Health Facility here in Cookville. And I, I have actually enjoyed the bivocational experience. Uh, it's been a little different than I ever planned for, but it has given me a completely new view of the ministry. Not not exactly, not completely different, but it's helped me to understand some things that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So as I understand from our earlier conversation, basically you're working with individuals now. Uh, who do you see and what are their challenges and needs and how do you try to help them? Well, what I do now through CHEER is um, individual therapy. Now, uh, for primarily mental health concerns, uh, occasionally, and well, a good part of the time, if a person has mental health concerns, they they may have some kind of substance abuse concerns or parenting issues as well. But the people that come to uh, Cheer Mental Health will be battling uh, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, uh, sometimes uh, multiple personality issues, schizophrenia, different types of of things, and so um, I deal with people on an individual basis. And um, normally, they uh, are in a program that isn't some something like anywhere from eight to twenty sessions uh, at a time, and and then a reassessment of where. So you'll at. see them from eight to twenty times, and and then reassess where. You're- uh, the progress you've made or what needs to happen next. Yes, yes. And and some of the, there's a few of them that come uh, as, as a legal fulfillment okay. of, of uh, some type of uh, sentencing and some that come uh, as a matter of uh, fulfilling a, a DCS requirement. But uh, it's, it's mostly it's uh, mental health concerns of, of various natures. I see. What is are there common denominators? You mentioned depression, substance abuse. I mean, what what's causing all this. I guess is where I would leave my question. Well, of course, not not to give a non-answer. It could be a variety of things, but I do want to say this. Uh, in all my time uh, giving uh, mental health tests 
Uh, I never tested anybody didn't scale for depression. It's always a it's always a matter of degree. Some people, you know, might scale for depression. Maybe they just need to get a little more rest and change their diet. Whereas other people may need to have some type of meds. Uh, life is extremely stressful today um, because we we can do more. We have to do more, and people uh, are are pressured. I, to give an example of what I mean by that. Um, Everybody's got a cell phone today. Well, there was a day when uh, if you called someone and couldn't get them, you would say to your spouse or your friend, I'll call them tomorrow. Well, now you got to call them in five minutes yeah, <laughs> because everybody expects you to keep because we've all got that accessibility. Uh, people that that work in factory jobs and in production type things, the, the company comes through and they say, they say, well, just for Christmas, we're going to increase from 400 parts a week to 600 parts a week. And once they get 600 parts a week, they never go back to four. <laughs> but after Christmas, <laughs> just a lot of pressure. And, yeah. and it's a 24-hour. I can remember when we lived in Missouri, my wife and I, years ago, uh, they opened a Walmart, and they said, just for the summer, we're going to keep it open 24 hours, but just for the summer. And I told some friends of mine, once they open the doors, they're never going to close it. <laughs> so we're living in a world that's 24-7 all the time. Uh, there are so many activities to be involved in, which I am greatly in favor of, but they keep us running all the time, and we have uh, uh, less and less time to give to uh, gratifying individual pursuits, and it affects the church. There's less and less time to give to the church and to the things of God. So, so with just the the pace of life, the pace of life. And when you say depression, do you have a, a definition of that? How, how do some we may have some listeners right now, and they may be saying, "Hey, uh, you know, am, am I depressed? Am I going through? What, what are some leading indicators? What are what are, is there is there a working definition of depression?" I don't have a working definition yeah. of depression. I'm sure you can, can look one up, but it's it's uh, a lot of times something like ruminative thinking, you know, just continual obsession uh, with some with some negative uh, type of things or continued dread, uh, anxiety and depression. However, they manifest themselves are, are roughly the same thing. It's just an internal pressure that you constantly feel. Sometimes people have external pressure, but it's more often a result of internal pressure. Uh, that people feel. We've got about a minute left in this segment. Uh, I do some ministry in uh, a jail here in this uh, in this area, and they tell me there that a large percentage, maybe 80, 90 percent, if, if not even more, uh, the folks that are incarcerated are there directly or indirectly because of, of have to do with illegal drugs, substance abuse. Uh, is that Are you seeing a rise in that kind of problem with regard to the counseling work that you do? Is that is that coming into play to a greater degree? Well, it's huge uh, in the mental health field, uh, yeah. not not in the least that a lot of people with uh, drugs are self-medicating, which they, they don't look at it that way, but it is their escape from the difficulties that they have. And a, a lot of folks that we see honestly don't have a lot of positives in their lives and they haven't true in many cases made very many good choices which has hurt but they don't have a lot of positives but what they can do is they can scrape up a little money together to get a fix once in a while and uh, and that's what they go for in some cases sadly Sterile Paramore is our guest today. He's pastor at Faith Fellowship Church here in Cookville. We're so happy to have him with us. Glad you're here too. Stay here for more of the chat. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Sterile Paramore is our guest today. Uh, Sterile, we were just talking about your role as a counselor also, and you're encountering people that have a lot of negative in their life. Uh, some of them have maybe even lost hope. Uh, the minister in you must want to say, 
you know, must want to say, hey, man, here is the way to fill that void. Uh, I'm thinking of the verse, 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. It doesn't mean that there's not problems, doesn't mean there's not issues, but it's a way of, uh, God's way of separating the pressure from the problem. Uh, I don't, I don't know what how you're able to help them in that regard, but, but, but boy, that, that that's that's the answer for a lot of folks. You have to be careful in a uh, secular occupation that you not uh, do things that are going to invalidate what the the company would want you sure, to do. Absolutely. At the same time, you got to be got to be true to the Lord, and so. Um, um, I try to uh, to be very careful when I'm talking to folks that I that I don't seem to be pushy. Uh, you know, I, I tell people I'm a pastor of a church. You know, uh, it's not the thing I lead with, but uh, I tell people I pastor a church and I'm familiar with with uh, some struggles um, uh, on, from that angle. Um, I do if people are interested in in uh, spiritual things. I have on occasion told them that they could talk to me um, other than in the sessions that I that I hold that would be with uh, uh, the company which I work for, and so um, try to make sure that I observe boundaries and that I and that people not think that uh, I'm in the room here with this preacher and he's going to push me into church or yeah. push me into God because that's not what I'm doing there at the time. Right, however. For- However, sometimes the only valid answer <laughs> is in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, you think about Jesus. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he says, whosoever will choose you this day. I mean, he, he he doesn't send anybody to hell. He doesn't force anybody to go to heaven or have a personal relationship with mm-hmm. it's, it's It's what we choose, you know, whosoever will, you know. And uh, and so we just meet them where they are, and, and we can't take them where they don't want to go. And I'm sure you find that a lot. Yes. And uh, yeah, certainly. And, and all truth is God's truth, which is one. Of the, Ooh, the tenets good. of the Reformation, all truth is God's truth. It doesn't matter if it's come in, if the truth is accessed by an unbeliever. It's still God's truth. There you go. And so, you know, the things that really work in life ultimately come from God. Ooh. And and sometimes, uh, to be honest, as a as a believer, as much as I believe in prayer, sometimes the the idea of well, just go pray about it is not the total answer. There's other things that need to occur in that life, and uh, other than just the prayer, prayer a help, uh, but there's more to it than that. In the same way, you can't divorce spirituality from the uh, mental health or emotional needs of people and say, we'll, we will fix you some other way. It can't be done. Yeah, exactly right. I love what you said there. All truth is God's truth. If you, if you drill down in truth deep enough, you know, you'll find God. Yes. In fact, Jesus says, I am the way, mm-hmm. I am the truth, and I'm the life. And, yes. and, and I love that. All truth is God's truth. I love that. Yes. Haven't heard that before. Yeah, it's it, it, very good and um, uh, something that we, we always try to remember because, you know, biblically speaking, n- none of us are really good. Jesus said there's none good but God. <laughs> and so none of us, none of us are, are really good. At the same time, a person that cares nothing for God can get hold of of a truth of of a divine truth and live by that and experience blessing. A good example is what we talked about before. You can have people that don't uh, don't profess to be Christians, don't have anybody go to anybody's church or anything. Yet they have a good family because they put some of the the uh, godly principles are in their family, even though they are not what we would call believers. Yeah, they're still following God's truth yeah. in that area. It's a truth that drives them. Is it like at the core of their very it holds being, them, it, it does. Yeah, it holds them together, keeps your family together because yeah. you know husbands love your wives, that type of thing. They practice those things. 
Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you're a blessing and help to a lot of folks in your role as a counselor and as well as a pastor. I want to come back to, to Faith Fellowship and uh, talk a little bit about, again about what's coming up on the 26th, uh, uh, your open house. Uh, we've talked about before a two-year project to getting that building built and, and the challenges that were there. And, and now, you know, you've had your, you had your grand opening and open house. Talk about the open house, where, when, how long, how many hours. Uh, I know you want to invite the community to that. Our folks are really excited about our open house, which is Saturday, February the 26th. It's going to be from 2 o'clock in the afternoon until 5. Our people are excited about other folks coming to walk through. We want folks in the community and in our town uh, to access our ministry and meet some of our folks and uh, have some snacks and walk through the facility and, and see what we have to offer. We're really proud of the ministry that God has given us, and we want others to uh, access it. So to all of our listeners, be sure and swing by on the 26th and enjoy uh, the finished product of what's been a couple of years Amen. coming into being. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> to God be the Now blower. the work starts. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, now the work starts. Well, it's a, a new a new page as far as your ministry goes and God's work in this community. And you know, sir, we are blessed in Cookville to have a number of fine churches and good pastors. And, absolutely. And it just, that's it's not that way in every community. No, ab- absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of uh, good churches in Cookville, and uh, we're excited about being a part of uh, of the total uh, cause of Christ in our area. You know, we're a uh, our name is Faith Fellowship. We're a, a Free Will Baptist Church at at root. We've got a very eclectic group, though people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And so, you know, we've got a, a denomination in a particular way of of looking at some things. But the most uh, important thing to us is Jesus and proclaiming Him and. And we want to join hands with other believers in our community to accomplish the work of God in our area. You know, if we've got, you're right, and if, if we've got a, uh, if we've got in common uh, Jesus and His being the only way to have a relationship with God, then we've got a basis for fellowship, don't we? Amen. Uh, we've got a basis for fellowship. <clears throat> yes. I want. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left in the show today, uh, Sterl. You know, uh, and no doubt we have some folks that are listening who are believers, aren't followers of Christ, and and maybe have, and that's been in their mind, in their heart. We use the word "saved" a lot. You know, it's kind of part of. I've heard it growing up. Uh, what is saved, and how do you get there? Well, uh, a, a lot of people uh, will think that uh, that saved means being an American <laughs> or going to somebody's church somewhere. Uh, to be honest, uh, sometimes people come into the knowledge of saving faith as a gradual process. It's a one-time decision for God, but sometimes it's a gradual process that people come into over time. They learn a little bit, and then they learn a little bit more. It's not uncommon for people to make more than one decision until they get one that is really life-changing and that that really sticks. But uh, placing your faith in Jesus Christ alone uh, for your salvation, confessing your sins, repenting and turning from them, and embracing uh, Christ as your guide uh, will take you to heaven when you die. And you have to turn from your sin and from yourself and turn to the Savior. And uh, the idea of belief and faith and repentance, uh, acceptance, it's all really the same thing. It's just different ways of saying embracing Jesus Christ as your Savior. And we uh, use a little phrase at our church that's uh, familiar to some, forsaking all, I trust him. Yeah. And uh, nothing nothing else will take us to heaven, only Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, and then we're empowered by him, and we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ in us is our hope of glory, and 
and he'll never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Good God. Sterl, thank you so much. Sterl Paramore has been our guest today on The Chat. So glad to have him with us. Glad you've been listening, too. Join us next time for The Chat.